This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. And other things. And um, Pastor Lynette and myself, we've just done a trip up to Queensland and I did no preparation at all. It was great. I just jumped in the car and went wherever she told me to go. It was fantastic. But she did hours of preparation. She did hours of preparation to find out where to stay, find out how... and how far it was between certain places. And it was just fantastic because I could say to her, hey, we're in this place, where's the next stop? And I just didn't even have to worry about it. I just had to follow the voice of my wife, which was really good. And so in life, there's some things that take more preparation than others. For example, cooking, any cooks in the house. Cooking is one of those things that there's some meals where it like you don't even have to think about it, it just happens. But One of the types of cooking that I like to do and I don't get to do enough because of the time it takes is to slow cook on the barbecue. I mean, ribs. If you've never had proper American ribs, like baby back ribs, done on the barbecue, you need to buy a barbecue just for that experience. One that cooks nice and low and slow. And I was chatting with one of our butchers uh, recently because in Australia we don't know how to buy ribs from the butchers. Like I, I go there and they've got these pork ribs there and I think to myself, they're not pork ribs. They're like rashes of bacon that's just a little bit thicker and chopped funny. But it's like, and so I was chatting with him and I was saying, uh, Fitzgerald's down in the main street, if ever you want good meat, he's really good to us as a church. Um, you need to go and support his business. And, um, but, but, you know, I was chatting with him a little while ago about can I order ribs? And he goes, yes, you can. You just let me know in advance what sort of ribs you want and I will slice and dice them for you. And I went, beauty, and then I found out the price. Because ribs used to be cheap. Ribs were sort of that, you know, that... I've got a few Islander friends and uh, they used to cook the lamb flaps, so the, the ribs of the lambs, and you used to basically... They'd throw it out basically. But these days, try and buy that. These days, it's like through the roof. And so there's some things in life that the preparation is actually worth it. Well, in our Christianity and in our walk with the Lord, it's like that as well. In actual fact, he tells us that we need to be prepared, not only for things to come, but we need to be prepared to be able to speak his word and actually have something to say. So in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through to 3, It says this, in those days, John the Baptist came uh, to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. His message was, repent of your sins, turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. And so there's this time when uh, we're introduced to this bloke called John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was the sort of bloke that if I knew him, I'd probably hang around with him because he's the sort of bloke that used to just live in the wilderness. You know, his shirt was made out of camel's hair and it's like he used to eat locust and honey. How's that for a meal? Mm-mm-mm. Years ago when you could do strange things in kids' church, One of our kids' church leaders, when we were up in Mildura, what he did was he actually caught locusts and got a whole stack of honey and he fed it to the kids in kids' church. We're not allowed to do that anymore because of allergies and all that sort of stuff. And and I actually said to him, what were you thinking? And he goes, well, I thought it was a good idea at the time. 
I said, how were they? He goes, it was fine until the, because you look at a locust legs, it's got barbs on it. He said, it was okay until the barb got stuck in my throat, this, this piece of leg, and I was like, he spent the rest of the day coughing his lungs out. <laughs> See, John the Baptist was that sort of guy that was just a little bit edgy and a little bit on the, on, on the edge of things. But his mission and his purpose in life was to prepare the way of Jesus as coming. Can I encourage you tonight that his mission is still the same today? One of the things we get the privilege and we get the opportunity to do is we get the opportunity and the privilege to be able to prepare the way of Jesus into people's lives. Now you might say, Pastor Trevor, how do we do that? How do we prepare? Your lifestyle, the way you live actually prepares a way into people's lives. You know, that moment when someone looks at you and goes, there's something different about you, what is it? It's not your cologne, it's not that you're wearing Lynx um, body deodorant and all that sort of stuff. There's an aroma that comes around us when we hang around with Jesus. And we can actually make preparation for people to have an easy pathway to Jesus. See, when the church eats itself and fights against itself, and when the church, like even interdenominational, you know, when, when people speak bad about other churches, what happens is it actually makes a rocky road. We had an interesting, I thought our roads were really bad in Victoria. And, you know, I've complained about our local roads, like the road to Echuca is really shocking and that sort of stuff. And then I drove the mule and I realised that our roads aren't that bad. And I was saying to Lynette on the way up, I said, this road's shocking. And then we got to Queensland. Oh, my goodness. Queensland roads, you know, there's a saying that says that we drive on the left in Australia. Well, in Queensland, we drive on what's left of the road. That's how bad it is. It's shocking. And it's like my my caravan is an off-road caravan. At one point when we were having our false teeth shaken out of our head, it was like I said to Lynette, I said, I'm glad we've got the off-road caravan because this road is shocking. It's terrible. And so in life, there's roads that are good and easy to drive, and then there's those roads that aren't so easy to drive. When Apple came out, anyone got an Apple phone? When Apple changed to developing their own navigational system, and what they did was that was the default navigational system if you had an Apple phone. The problem is it was developed in America and they knew nothing about Australia. And so the quickest road from Adelaide to Mildura is across the Sunset National Park. And there was all these tourists driving little Mazda 1s, little Toyota Corollas, and that across the Sunset National Park. And there was people getting lost for days out there because it's the sort of road that you only go there if you're going there. It's not a thoroughfare. It's not a road that's easy to navigate. You need a four-wheel drive, and even then you need max tracks and winches and those sorts of things to navigate the road properly. And there was one tourist in particular that was stuck out there for three days just waiting for someone to come out past them. So some roads are easy to navigate and some aren't. Our job and our duty as born-again believers is to make a smooth road, a smooth path to the gospel for people. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I like the book of Timothy or both books of Timothy because what they are is they are the Apostle Paul teaching his understudy, Timothy, about what he should do to live a successful life. 
And one of the things he tells him is this, is in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. It says, preach the word of God, be prepared. So here is he saying, come on, Timothy, you need to be willing to preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. I want to put that out there for you tonight, that that is a good motto and a good way for us to live life. Preach the word of God. The word of God describes itself as truth. The word of God says that it is the truth. And it also says that the truth sets us free. And so when we preach the word of God, sometimes the response isn't favorable, but we need to be willing to preach the word anyway. He says this, be prepared. Whether it's in season or whether it's out of season, whether the time is favorable or not, we need to be willing to speak the word of God. Because when I talk about preparing the way, I guess you could ask me, well, Pastor Trevor, which way should we go? What is the way that we should follow? What is the way that is going to lead to life and life abundantly? Well, I think John chapter 14, verse 6 actually lays it out for us beautifully. So let's turn there. John chapter 14, verse 6. Because there's many ways we can go. And some ways look all right. Some ways seem all right. So in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I reckon today there's a gazillion different ways. I don't know, is gazillion a word? I'll look to the smart young people over here. Is that a word? Pretty sure? Okay, let's make it a word because that's the way society works now, isn't it? Yeah. If you say a word long enough, it becomes a word. Yeah, and, and so I reckon that in society today, there's a gazillion different ways that they will say that you will be able to reach God or you will be able to connect with God. Can, we, I love living simple. I mean, when I go camping, I live really simple. It's like I take bacon, I take eggs, I take baked beans, and I take meat and maybe dead potatoes. Any veggies are in a can because it's easy. You can just open the can, shove it in a pot, heat it up and eat it. So simple life is often the best. And so can I simplify it for you tonight with the way in what Jesus says here about himself. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Just think about that for a moment. Think about all the searching that happens in life. Think about all that, that wondering, all that anxiety in our life some days as to whether we're on the right path or whether we aren't on the right path. Take these words from Jesus where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. Makes it simple. Means we can stop looking. Means that we, means that we can put our faith in Jesus. But as believers and as disciples, we have trouble sometimes not only believing it, but we have trouble equating it to, it to our life. And Thomas, Thomas is, I reckon Thomas is one of my favorite disciples. You know why? Because he's got the nickname Doubting Thomas. He's got the nickname of the bloke who Jesus would say, you know, you know Eeyore? Let's get theological here. Winnie the Pooh. You know Eeyore? Yeah, where it's just like mopey guts. I reckon that's what Thomas was like. 
And I was thinking about Bob the Builder earlier today. I know this is really theologically sound tonight, but I was thinking about Bob the Builder and, and Lofty. You know, can we build it? And Lofty goes, well, well yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thomas was a bit like that where it was like Jesus would say something and Thomas would go, well, we might as well follow Jesus and get killed too. We might as well go to Jerusalem so that they can kill us too. You know, that moment where it's like there's a proclamation that Jesus after the crucifixion had risen again and they said, he's alive. And Thomas goes, I doubt it. I don't think he is. In actual fact, he says this. He said, I refuse to believe it until I stick my fingers in the holes in his hand and stick my hand in his side. Then I might be able to believe it. I am glad that the disciples weren't all perfect. I love Jesus' response to Thomas where he walks into the room and he goes, go on. Thomas is going, no, I don't want to. And Jesus says, do it. <laughs> okay. So Jesus speaking to Thomas in verse 5, because verse 6 comes after verse 5, does it not? Let's look to the maths teacher. Does 6 come after 5? Excellent. I learned something in school. So John chapter 14, verse 5, this is Thomas speaking, Lord, we, um, sorry, no, we do not know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Can I let you in on a little secret? There's days in life that I have no clue. I have no clue. I feel like Thomas. It's like I feel this stirring in my heart where Jesus is saying, you know what, we need to do this. And I can honestly say to him, I haven't got a clue, God. I haven't got a clue. Because honestly, church, if we're real in life, it's okay to say, you know what, I don't know the way. I don't know the way. Because if we say, look, I know everything, we put ourselves in the place of God and therefore to do that we have to kick him off the throne of our life and we have to take that throne, uh, that place of authority in our life. I don't want to do that. And so Thomas is sort of like, I don't know the way. I don't know which way it is. And Jesus' response Because that's the way I feel some days. God, I'm clueless. You know, especially raising kids. Man, what a gig. What a gig it is to raise kids. And there's been times in my life, like I remember one experience in particular where my um, eldest and firstborn, Bevan, came to me and he says, I've got my eye on this girl and I want to date her. Is that okay with you? And I went, help. I don't know. I don't know. Clueless in that situation. I never had one of my children wanting to date someone else before. And so... I said to him, oh, I think so. Did the lofty thing. Oh, I think so. See, things in life we're clueless and other things we think we know, but then there's times in life where we haven't got a clue at all. This is the secret. You just got to follow him. Just got to follow him because Thomas said this. He says, I have no idea where you're going to go. I don't know the way. And Jesus said this. He says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Just come follow me. See, right at the very instant when Jesus called the disciples, what did he say? He said, come follow me and I will make you disciples. The pattern never changes. In our life, it's come follow him and he makes us along the journey. As long as I have him in sight, as long as I can see him in sight, then you know what? I know I'm going to be okay. had an experience once when I first got my license. We went down to Melbourne and um, we were following someone else's car. And it's a scary thing when you're in a city and you don't know your way around and you've got to follow the person in front of you. Um, I won't say who this person is, but she happens to be a cousin of mine, just in case you want to know. 
And so she's driving her car in front of me and we're out near Luna Park. That was our destination. We went down to see the tall ships when they came in um, down there. And so we're driving and all of a sudden she hooks into this left-hand turn. It's a one-way street. And I know that if I don't follow, I'm going to get lost. Because I didn't know where we were going. So were you in the car with me that day? I'm pretty sure. I think I turned to you and said, we're going. Hang on. Everything in me is going, but it's a one-way street. But I know if I don't follow, I'm going to get lost. And there's times in life where Jesus says, you know what, we're going this way. And you might say, no, it's a one-way street, Jesus. I don't want to do that. It goes against everything I know and everything I've been taught. And he just says, no, nah, just come on, follow. It will be fine. It will be fine. And so what we need to do is as long as he's in sight, it's okay. As long as he, we can see him. Because why? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, I'll actually read it for you. Just write the reference down if you're taking notes because I'm going to read it in the Amplified Bible. Proverbs 16, verse 25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man and appears straight before him that at the end of it all, the way it is the way of death. So there is a way that often seems right to man. Let's do this. Let's go this way. But in the end... It will lead to death. Can I encourage you that Jesus never leads us to death, but he leads us to life and life to the full? That's what John 10.10 10 talks about, is the fact that he, he, he gives us life and life to the full. So this way might seem right, but the problem is the destination is hidden. The problem is if we're not careful, the destination can be hidden, but we are just blindly following we are just blindly following, whether it's history, whether it's family tradition, whether it's a cultural issue. When we blindly follow something that isn't Jesus, we don't know where the destination is. I've always wanted to do one of those mystery flights, but it scares me. You know, years ago, we can fly again now, so maybe we should do it one day, where what they would do is they would fill up the plane with the extra tickets and you didn't know where you were going. So you just jump on this plane, you end up somewhere. I always wanted to do that because it sounded fun. But the problem is I wouldn't know what to pack. So what do you pack? Do you pack an extra jumper because you're going to Hobart? Or do you pack Speedos because you're going to Darwin? I don't know. And so there's this moment where it's like until the future is known, we don't know and we're not sure. Jesus knows the future. He understands the future. He sees the beginning from the end. And because of that, we can trust him. Sometimes there's things in life that are just hidden in plain sight where it's like, you know those stupid things that came out in the 80s and the 90s, those 3D picture things where it's like you've got to stare at it long enough and go a little bit cross-eyed and hold your head to the side and stick your tongue out the side of your mouth so that you can actually get the focus come, come in. The picture's there, it's just out of focus. The picture's there but it's out of focus. And sometimes in life it's like that because there's a whole world around you that sees Jesus wherever you go. They just need to understand and they just need to recognize that he's the way, the truth and the life. And that's where we come in because we have the mission just like uh, John the Baptist had the mission where we need to point a path towards the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let's go to Romans chapter uh, 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. So this is Romans chapter 1, verse 20. It says, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can 
they can clearly see his visible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. I look at that and I go, wow, even creation speaks of the glory of God. You know, it's no secret because I talk about it a lot. I, I, I just love creation. I, I just love my happy place is not stuck in the office. My happy place is outside. I just love it, except when it's negative four. Then I don't like it. My happy place then is curled up in bed. So all of creation speaks of his glory. All of creation speaks of his glory. He's hidden in plain sight. Your life also speaks of his glory. There is the glory of God for all to see, both in creation but also in the life of the believer. So what's the answer? What's the answer? Let's go right back to the scripture we started with in Matthew chapter 3 because I think John's message is an important message that gets lost in the confusion of the world we live in. So Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2, we're going to finish with just thinking about what John's message was because I don't reckon John's message is any different to the message you should have. So this is Matthew chapter 3 verse 2. It says, repent of your sin and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Simple. We just need to turn from a life of sin. We need to turn to God because sometimes we can be better people, can we not? There's things in life that I can be better at, like putting my clothes in the laundry hamper, laundry basket. I could be better at that some days, couldn't I, Lynette? I could. I'm feeling convicted now. See, there's things we can change in the natural and there's things that we can just do in the natural. But this is what John's message was, repent of your sin, turn from your sin, but not just turn to your sin and, and change a lifestyle, not just make a lifestyle decision, not just make a choice about a particular area of your life. We need to turn from sin, but we need to turn to God. That's what repentance is all about. It's never just about turning from sin. It's always about turning from sin, but turning to God. And then it says this, repent of your sin, turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And I get this picture of someone who turns from sin, turns to God, but then reaches, then strives, then extends themselves to hold on to the eternal things, the things of the kingdom of heaven. So repent, turn, but also reach. Also allow ourselves not just to pave a path, but because Sometimes our paths are really rushed. Sometimes our paths are really... It takes time to build relationship in people's lives. It takes time to build a proper road, does it not? I mean, the reason that they have to redo our roads every year in this area is because they don't do them properly in the first place. Why don't they do them properly in the first place? Because it's A, expensive, but B, it takes time. You know, my favourite movie in life is Cars. It's a great movie. And there's that moment when Lightning McQueen understands that he wants to get out of Radiator Stinks, he calls it. He wants to get out of there. And so what he does is he builds the road in a hurry. And because he builds the road in a hurry, the road is totally horrible. And one of my favourite parts in that movie is when Mater gets to drive on the new road for the first time. He goes, look, I'm the first one on the new road. <laughs> as he drives down this road that's absolutely horrible. See, that's what happens in our life if we do things rushed. That takes time. 
and sometimes in our life, we're in so much of a rush to get things right that we misunderstand the truth of what's being taught in that moment. So we need to repent, we need to turn, but we also need to reach and allow him to affect our lives. Hey, let's stand up. Look at that. Short church tonight. Not only is it short church, but Essendon isn't playing. So when you know short church is on because Essendon's playing Saturday nights. Uh, it just happens. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your goodness into our life. And Lord, Lord, how wonderful you are to us. Lord, you provide a straight path for us to walk on. Lord, I'm just reminded of the Psalm 23, where the shepherd provides good pasture for his sheep, where the shepherd provides for those who follow. And even though we might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can fear no evil because your rod and your staff are with us. And those sheep are totally safe as long as they can see the shepherd. They become lost when they lose sight of the shepherd. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, that not only will we make straight paths and prepare a way for our family and friends and those around us, but we will understand tonight the way we do that is by keeping our eyes on you and allowing you to mould and shape and prune. Lord, even as John chapter 15 says about the fact that the Father is the great gardener of our life, Lord, so we pray, Lord, in our life that you would prune out those dead things. Lord, those things that are no eternal value, Lord, that you would allow, Lord, greater fruit to come from our lives. Lord, that we would be willing, Lord, Lord, to step back and to point a signpost to you as the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, in your wonderful name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabra. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.